Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back to another hour of the Grace Curley Show. I'm Caroline Levitt in for the great Grace Curley today on this wonderful Wednesday. A little bit of snowfall in the Boston, New Hampshire area. We're about 19 days from Christmas. It's a good time. It's it's just a blessed time. And uh, we have a MAGA power hour coming at you. I have Matt Gates calling into the show in a few minutes. And then later in this hour, we have Carrie Lake calling in as well. So if you have questions for him, text him to me to 617-213-1066. But first, some breaking news out of the White House. Joe Biden was just speaking about how we really need to give more money to Ukraine with no strategic plan to end the war. He's not offering any military or uh, deterrent solutions uh, at all or diplomatic solutions. Nope. He just wants us to keep signing blank checks because he's compromised by the Ukrainians. uh, Thanks to his bag man son, Hunter, who Joe flew around the world on Air Force Two, treating it like a private corporate jet. And of course, we know He so infamously bragged about getting the Ukrainian prosecutor looking into Hunter's company, Burisma, fired when he was vice president of the United States. So uh, anyway, Biden's begging us to give more money to that corrupt country. Uh, And he was asked, of course, by the great Stephen Nelson from The New York Post, whom I have the utmost respect for. He's like the only journalist in the White House press corps that I worked with that I can actually say I liked. And uh, he asked Biden about those corrupt business dealings. Here's Biden's response. 844 or uh, Jared. President Biden, Ukraine and also China. Uh, there is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70 percent of Americans, including 40 percent of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans amid this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not. And it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many uh, of their lies. business associates? I did not. There's what? lies. There are lies. Once again, Biden just denying reality, denying the facts. Jared, how does it make you feel to play that cut? You had some harsh words for Biden before we came in here. You know, I mean, I really, I really bleep and hate this guy. Like, (laughs) I really like as as a as a broken, hollow person, as a scumbag, as a as a liar, as I I just cannot stand this man i know his history of lies continues i mean we have text messages we have phone logs as a matter of fact new reporting from the new york post today shows that biden used a shadow email account to exchange hundreds of messages 
with Hunter's business partner. He used multiple emails under different aliases. There was there's an 11 page log of emails sent and received by Joe Biden between 2010 and 2019 to correspond with Hunter's business partners. And as a matter of fact, who did he correspond with the most in these emails? <laughs> of course, the, the executives at the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Before a June 2014 visit to Ukraine, Biden and one of those executives at Burisma only exchanged five emails, the committee found. But after that trip, when Biden went on Air Force Two over to Ukraine when he was vice president, they emailed 27 times. We only know this because of the brave whistleblowers that came forward and brought this testimony before Congress. They were there again yesterday. That's the only reason we know this. And he, we have the proof. We have the emails. We have the texts. We have the checks. James Comer announced last week that we have uh, checks that went directly into Joe Biden's bank account. And there he is again today at the White House lying. House Republicans need to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. What do you think about that? 844-500-4242. Well, a great House Republican whom I uh, am proud to call a friend, is joining the program right now. Congressman Matt Gates from the great sunshine state of Florida. Thanks for calling in the Grace Curley Show. We really appreciate it, Matt. Oh, thanks so much, Caroline. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous and better now that you're on the show. And the irony in the fact that I, I texted you yesterday and asked if you could come on the program, and then today... We have some big breaking news, Matt. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has announced his resignation from Congress. So our audience is foaming at the mouth to get your take on this. How does it feel, Matt, to have single-handedly pushed Kevin McCarthy into retirement? Well, my goal is to make the United States Congress uh, better prepared for the second term of Donald Trump than we were the first term. And for so many of the opportunities we had, we saw a lot of these establishment Republican figures really stand with the Democrats in the way of our progress. And so Kevin McCarthy's announcement of, of his departure today follows yesterday's announcement that Patrick McHenry will be leaving. And it's it's kind of an establishment exodus from the party in a lot of ways. And that can be a source of renewal. We can get new and better things. We can get candidates who are aligned with the America First agenda from the outset. And and I think at the top of our leadership structure, we'll have more collaboration and more teamwork when we're not pitting one part of our Republican team against the other, a strategy that Kevin McCarthy used frequently. But Caroline, there's also a real practical math problem here that should maybe stop people from being so jovial. We have a four, we were elected to a four seat majority. Uh, I think I think in very foolish uh, departure from precedent, we expelled George Santos. Mm-hmm. That takes us to a three seat majority. Kevin McCarthy has announced that he won't even complete his term. I guess he didn't think too much of the Congress if he wasn't running the place, and so he'll be leaving a uh, two seat majority. 
and uh, Congressman Bill Young of Ohio has taken a university president position. Uh, that takes us down to a one-seat majority. And we've got folks around here who, if they're not, you know, on the last uh, last hole of life, they're certainly on the back nine. And so it, it really uh, puts the majority in some peril when you have people unwilling to even complete their term uh, as a part of their departure. Yeah, you know, that was going to be my next question for you, Matt. I mean, why is McCarthy so adamant about leaving now uh, at the end of the year? Just because the spotlight isn't on him anymore and he's so disgruntled that he was ousted from his speakership? I mean, it seems pretty selfish. Can't you just stick it out for the next year and then retire or, or seek not or choose not to seek reelection next year? I mean, clearly, you don't care about the House majority that you allegedly work so hard to build if you're uh, purposely leaving it. Some have uh, opined that Kevin McCarthy is purposefully leaving early in order to hinder and hobble new Speaker Mike Johnson. And it would be uh, emerging from a a real tremendous degree of selfishness to say that, you know, you want the next person to be less successful. So you're you're purposefully putting them in a a less uh, optimal position. Uh, There is a lobby ban that is a one-year ban, and so at times members uh, leave early so that they can start to sweat off that lobbying ban. Uh, I don't know if Kevin McCarthy intends to become a lobbyist or go to Wall Street, but that is a motivator for some, and there's work to do. We've got to stop the FISA system from being used against our fellow Americans. We have to hold the line on the border. We have to be a check against the Biden administration's spending, and we do have a number of very moderate, even liberal Republicans that might join with Democrats, and we make that path easier. So whether it's Kevin McCarthy or any other member who's contemplating leaving early, I would would really caution against uh, taking an action that empowers Hakeem Jeffries Mm -hmm. and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden uh, we we want to do better than that, and we want to be a team. For sure. We do need to move forward. We need to support Speaker Johnson and get good legislation passed. You mentioned two issues that are really important to our audience, one of them being the warrantless surveillance and searches uh, via the FISA courts. I know there's been a reform bill discussed that would protect Americans from those. Can you give an update on where that stands, and are we going to see these warrantless searches come to an end, Matt? Well, actually, seconds ago, before I jumped on the call with you, we reported out of the House Judiciary Committee a very bipartisan bill, Republicans and Democrats, protecting the Fourth Amendment, protecting our civil liberties. And the reason it's so important, Caroline, is that when even the Obama-appointed Inspector General reviewed what the FBI had been doing, they found they were breaking the law 38 times every hour. They were searching their neighbors, their coworkers, their their ex-boyfriends and girlfriends on this system, and over 10,000 people could query it. So we believe if the government wants to search and root around in our information, they should have to get a warrant, and Republicans and Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee stood together uh, for that legislation just moments ago. 
That is certainly welcome news. Thanks for sharing that update. I know our audience will be thrilled about it. All common sense Americans certainly should be excited about that. Uh, And I'm surprised to hear, Matt, that Democrats join that effort because it is the Democrats now who have uh, weighed a new attack line against former President Trump. We talked a lot about this in the previous hour. uh, And you tweeted in response to the Washington Post's editorial, the headline read, a Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. This is clearly the new talking point from the left. You see everyone from Liz Cheney to Rachel Maddow using it. Uh, And you quote tweeted that and you said they are obviously green lighting assassination. Uh, That is a scary thought, uh, but certainly one I think a lot of people agree with. Um, Why did you tweet that? And do you firmly believe that the Democrats are going to do everything possible to ensure uh, President Trump cannot be president next November? Yeah, for all the criticism the Democrats launch at us about violating norms and impairing the republic, it seems as though they're the ones who keep moving the Overton window, whether it was the illegal spying that we talked about earlier or the unprecedented efforts to delegitimize the legitimate election of Donald Trump in 2016. They, they seem hell-bent to try to pursue this image of Trump as a totalitarian tyrant And when you have these commentators saying, well, he's like Hitler, he's like Mussolini, it it, uh, conjures up in many the belief that violence uh, and harm and and even the killing of President Trump or his supporters would be righteous or justified. We have to be able to resolve our political disputes in this country nonviolently. I don't want Mm. people on the right or left believing that they have some uh, superior moral authority to do physical harm to other people. And with this highly coordinated effort to try to uh, cast Trump as some sort of dictatorial figure, I fear that that's what that's what they are green lighting. I mean, what? Why else would they call him a dictator? It's not to defeat him in an election. It's in order to deprive the people the choice. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that through lawfare and these prosecutions. But I, I worry that it conjures up something even more dark and dangerous and unprecedented. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fear that many of us share. Matt Gates, I only have about 30 seconds left, but another question our audience wanted me to ask you is about the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. He was on CNN this morning uh, saying that building a border wall and restricting asylum seekers uh, are, quote, violent uh, proposals by the House Republicans. This guy clearly has not done his job, Matt. People want to see him be held accountable. Do you think an impeachment inquiry of Mayorkas uh, will move forward and would it be effective? Can we get that done? I think Mayorkas should have been impeached on in our first week. The evidence is overwhelming. But I fear, Caroline, that we don't have the votes to impeach anyone. Mm-hmm. We've got a number of moderates in our conference who have, uh, who have resisted any type of accountability, whether it's impeachment or using the power of the purse or even the power of the subpoena. So while the conduct is worthy of impeachment. I, I don't want to gaslight people into believing that's coming because I worry that uh, that we've got too many Republicans trying to use blunt tools rather than uh, the sharp tools that the moment calls for. And what what I know you worry about and I worry about is that all this unchecked illegal immigration is unidirectional, and once it happens, it's very hard to unwind and stop. Do you think, based on the information you've been proposed or, or presented with, Matt, in Congress, that there are sleeper terrorist cells in America right now because of this open border? 
Absolutely, and I think that they are they are getting information uh, through a lot of these peer-to-peer messaging systems like Signal and WhatsApp, mm. and they are we have real risk of violence. People need to remain vigilant, uh, and we need to understand that the greatest national security threat we have is that open southern border. Amen. Absolutely. Well, we need President Trump back to secure it. Matt Gates, we so appreciate your calling into the show. We love you. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, that's it for Matt Gates. I'm Caroline Levitt. This is The Grace Curley Show. We'll be right back. And the Nauset Beach Inn is the most tranquil place that I have ever been, and now is the time to go. It's winter on the Cape, which is fantastic. I went down there. Aside from being tranquil and peaceful, you're just steps from the beach. You can walk along there. You can enjoy the, the mornings. You can sit at the fire pits when it gets a little cool. They have grills you can cook out. It's the perfect place to go to relax It's close, and this time of year is perfect. The trees are out, or they will be soon, so everything gives you that ambiance that you really want from a New England winter. Each room has its own fireplace, so if it's really too cold or if it's too snowy to go outside, you can just sit in the room, you can be comfortable, and you are going to love it. And right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. Don't delay because these rooms go fast. Nauset Beach Inn is pet-friendly, has a view from every room, and is check-in contactless. It's a great place to stay during school vacation weeks or anytime you want to. And to reserve your Ocean View room, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. You will not be disappointed. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. 844-500-4242. Poll question. The miracle of life is a gift that every baby deserves because every life is precious. That's why we've partnered with Preborn Pregnancy Network to help rescue babies through donations from listeners like you. Any amount will help. All gifts are tax deductible and 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. Please join us. To donate securely, go to preborn.com slash grace. That's preborn.com slash grace. Jared, how's the PQ cooking today? Well, today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is what would you want dictator Trump to do first? (laughs) Abolish the DOJ, arrest the mainstream media, close the border, or drill, baby, drill? My answer is drill, baby, drill. It's up to 9% now. 82% still want the border closed. Uh, Well in the lead, 5% for abolishing the DOJ and 4% for arresting the mainstream media. Okay, okay. You know, I can respect everyone that wants the border to be... Of course we... You know, the border and the drilling, for me, they go hand in hand. But when you hear Matt Gates in the previous interview talk about how he 100 percent absolutely believes, based on the evidence he's seen in Congress, that there are terrorist sleeper cells in this country because of this border, uh, that certainly makes you fearful, as it should. And uh, at the next segment, we're going to have someone else who knows a lot about the border, Carrie Lake. She'll be calling in in a few minutes to talk about the crises that she's seen in her home state of Arizona. I mean, I can't imagine how bad it is there considering 
what we've seen way up here, thousands of miles away from the border, from the border wall uh, in New Hampshire and in Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont. This is impacting every single state in our country. Uh, in Massachusetts, as you well know, you guys are in an, a state of emergency because your governor, Maura Healey, was so proud to campaign on sanctuary city policies. And now all of a sudden she's backtracking a little bit. Oh, isn't it funny how that works? Liberal policies don't work. We'll talk to Carrie Lake about it in a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. It's Caroline Levitt, guest hosting for the great Grace Curley here on WRKO and the Howie Car Radio Network, 844-500-4242, or you can text Curly to 617-213-1066. We're really having an ultra-maga power hour here. We had Matt Gates on a few moments ago, and our next guest, I know many of you are texting and uh, chattering on Rumble about it. You're excited to hear from the great Carrie Lake. Carrie, thanks so much for calling into the program today. We know you're busy, and we really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so happy to be with you, Caroline. What, what's next? You had Matt Gates, me. Is, is President Trump coming up next? <laughs> hey, well, I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away, but that is a a possibility. Uh, no, but we're excited to to talk to you, Carrie. Uh, first of all, this is a New Hampshire based audience, largely. Uh, we're up here in the Boston market, and you're on your way to New Hampshire. You're going to be in Hollis tomorrow night. I will see you there at the Alpine Grove Banquet Hall. We're really looking forward to welcoming you. You, uh, to our state. So I want to just quickly ask you first about uh, the New Hampshire primary. It's a couple of months away. Uh, you have not been shy about your support of President Trump. He quickly endorsed you when you announced your Senate race in Arizona. Uh, what's your take on the presidential race as it stands and your your uh, belief in President Trump's uh, victory next November? Well, I think things are going really well. I mean, you can always tell by how much incoming President Trump is taking, um, by how afraid of his victory they are. And we know he's been, you know, really for eight years, been witch hunt after witch hunt, and now with the indictments, all of that that he's having to deal with, and his numbers keep going up, because, frankly, the people are with President Trump. They know that he is fighting for we the people. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm as a mother, I'm excited to get him back in office, because I know that my family did so much better under President Trump's leadership. Our economy was strong. Our savings account was looking good. Um, you know, it was cheaper to get by, just to buy groceries. What, what we used to be able to fill three grocery bags for a certain amount of money, now we're getting like one bag. We can't afford to fill our tank with, um, with gas. And our housing um, heating prices are going up as we hit winter. So I just want to get him back because I know that America was on better track. Economically, our energy policy looked really good. We weren't reliant on the Middle East for our oil and energy. We had a strong, secure border. I live in a border state. I know how important that is. And right now, it is completely out of control. Arizona is being hit the hardest. And this is a man in President Trump who brought us and was on the way to bringing us world peace, mm -hmm. peace in the Middle East. And so I think the dichotomy of looking at what we're dealing with with Joe Biden and the dead-end Democrat policies is making everything President Trump 
did look so much more um, desirable that we really want to get him back. Absolutely. The polling looks great for him. Abs- I'm really excited about it. Oops, go ahead. Absolutely, it does. And uh, New Hampshire, the people of New Hampshire, common sense, hardworking folks agree with you on all of those issues, especially the home heating oil. It's it's cold up here, Carrie. I will warn you, we had our first uh, light snow this morning, uh, which is beautiful, but it does mean we're all going to be paying a lot more for our utility bills. So I know people are, are excited to hear from you tomorrow night talking about these issues, but I want to talk to you more about your race in uh, for the United States Senate in Arizona. People were very upset at what happened to you in your gubernatorial election last year, you've decided to step into the arena again, and now you're facing one of Joe Biden's greatest allies, Kirsten Sinema, who likes to paint herself as a moderate. She's now allegedly an independent. I saw you were on Fox recently saying, no, that is a lie. This is a woman who has voted 100% with Joe Biden. She's not a moderate at all. Uh, For those that might not be following your race because they're living up here and they're just trying to run their businesses and raise their families, talk to us about your opponent and why you decided to run for the United States Senate? Well, I decided to jump in because I realized we have an incredible opportunity to take back a U.S. Senate seat and get it in the hands of a Republican who's going to push for common-sense policies. You know, we've got two Democrats um, in our Senate. Kirsten Sinema just recently decided to try to reinvent herself and start calling herself an independent, and she's the only person who becomes an independent and then becomes more liberal. Since she became an independent a year ago, she's voted with Joe Biden 100 percent of the time. But she thinks she can fool the people of Arizona, you know, into thinking that she's independent. I just want people to know just because she's using that term does not make her independent. She's got a 100 percent perfect score when it comes to the NEA, the teachers union. She sides with the teachers union. And we all know what the teachers union have done to education have done to teachers, have done to our students around this country. She's got a perfect score with Planned Parenthood. She's as liberal as they come, and she's even been quoted saying she's the most liberal legislator in the entire state of Arizona. But she realizes that the population is growing tired of these liberal policies that are hurting them. And so now she's trying to do a name change and and try to reinvent herself. So I'm running against her and Ruben Gallego, who is um, hardcore, radical leftist and the people of Arizona just aren't for that and they want secure borders they want safe streets they want the quality of life that we used to have under President Trump when our our police forces were fully funded and they knew that they could go bike riding with their kids after school and not have to worry so much about crime and so I feel very confident that we're going to be able to take this seat back People are really excited to get out and vote. They almost wish the election were right now because they want a change in the direction. And our poll numbers look really good. President Trump, I just saw a poll out of Arizona. He's up five points over uh, over Joe Biden. So I think we're, we're in really good shape here in Arizona. And now I'm working to try to bring the Republican Party together because, you know, there's there's been some infighting. Whenever you have a primary, you've got infighting. And now I'm realizing that if we can strengthen our Republican Party, bring all factions together, we can turn this nightmare that Joe Biden has created around and have not only a strong Republican Party, but a strong, safe, secure America. 
Absolutely. Well, we're rooting for you up here in New Hampshire, Carrie. Uh, one of our texters just asked, Carrie is, they said, Carrie is a real one. I love her. Uh, but how is she confident that election integrity efforts will be uh, upheld in this election, unlike her last one? Have there been changes in Arizona? I'm sure your campaign team has learned so very much from the previous election in which Katie Hobbs hid in the basement like Joe Biden, didn't attend rallies, didn't campaign, but somehow is still in office. Uh, and so where do you see election integrity efforts right now in Arizona? And how are you uh, more confident in the vo- in that the fact the vote will be secure uh, next November for you? Well, I don't think the, I don't think all the problems have been fixed, unfortunately, at all. And I've been pushing my court cases through and some of them are still making their way through the courts. Um, what we're seeing is that we've exposed how they cheated and, and where the problems are. And so I think it's going to be harder for them to pull the same tricks this next go around. Um, There's a reason they're trying so hard to keep President Trump off the ballot. If they could just do the same tricks, they wouldn't really care if he was on the ballot. But they're trying to keep him off because they know that the people of this country are going to rise up and vote in numbers that they've never seen before. And when we do that, when we show up, as President Trump says, and swamp them, you know, they can't come up with Mm -hmm. enough phony ballots. Right. Beat us. And right. so I feel confident that, unfortunately, the pain that we've been going through under Joe Biden's um, horrible, disastrous policies is going to get more people off the couch and to the polling place to vote. And I believe that when we show up in massive numbers, it's going to be really hard for them to cheat at a level that will influence the uh, results. Definitely. And I'm sure that so many Arizonans have woken up even since your last election to the atrocities of the Biden administration, especially on the border. I mean, we're thousands of miles away from the southern border up here in in New England in Massachusetts and in New Hampshire. But we're still seeing the impact of the migrant crisis because of Democrat pushed sanctuary city policies. Talk to us about the border crisis in Arizona, how bad it has become. I saw a video yesterday from Bill Malugin at Fox to Africa. Uh, nationals. They were thanking Joe Biden as they crossed illegally. I am sure that infuriates the great people of Arizona who can't even get by paycheck to paycheck. Uh, But then they have this mass invasion. What does it look like on the ground in your great state of Arizona, Carrie? It's, It's the worst I've ever seen it. I covered this state for 27 years as a fair and honest journalist, and I'd never seen the border in a better shape and and more secure than under President Trump. And then, of course, on day one, Joe Biden came in and pulled back President Trump's incredible border policy and and just basically told the world to come on over. And they have. The world's been coming over. These are people coming from all parts of the globe, from Asia, from Africa, from China. I mean, you name it. Hundred, I think. I think I last I heard 170 different countries people are pouring in from, and this last month has been particularly bad. I think because Governor Greg Abbott has gotten more serious about doing measures to protect their border a little more. That means the cartels have realized they have to funnel everybody through Arizona. In just the past week, they've shut down the legal ports of entry. One of them is called Lukeville. It's a critical port of entry. A lot of business is conducted through there. And this is where you come through, you go through a check, and you can come back and forth with the proper, um, you know, procedure. They've closed down the legal port of entry for legal business and legal tourism so that they can take all of the people working that and go process these people coming illegally. Wow. It's been horrific for business. I know I've talked to a businessman who relies on 
the port of entry to be open for his business to survive. And having this closed is devastating. And how how typical of Joe Biden to shut down what is legal and what is needed for our economy and our state to put all of the resources on processing the illegal activity. It's outrageous. We've got people coming over. These aren't families. These are middle, not middle-aged, fighting-age men mm-hmm. coming over from all parts of the country. We are watching an invasion, and it sure looks like we have a foreign army that is invading our country. And we can't let this go on much longer. I don't know how much more the people can take. No, we certainly can't. It, it's sad to think that we have another year plus until we can get President Trump back in the Oval Office. But uh, I know that you're doing everything you can to be a great United States senator. He's doing everything he can against the fake news media and the uh, unhinged Democrats to get back into power. And we certainly need people like you in the United States Senate. Carrie, our audience up here loves you. Many of them looking forward to meeting you tomorrow night in New Hampshire. For those that can't make the event, where can they go to support you and support your campaign, Carrie Lake. Well, thank you so much. In the morning, I'm actually going to be in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at 10 a.m. for the New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women. And they're having, I believe it's a brunch. I don't know if there's tickets still available, but you could reach out to see if you're interested in coming and see me there. And then at 1.30, I'll be swinging by the Trump headquarters in Manchester and uh, just thanking all of the volunteers for helping to get our president reelected. We need him back in office. We need to turn things around for um, the sake of our, our future generations. And then, of course, the evening event, which is the Hillsborough County GOP event. I don't know if they have tickets left. That's at Murphy's Tap Room and Carriage House. And if you want to find out more about my campaign, carrylake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. I'm just a mom, like so many out there listening, who is worried about my kids' future, fed up with the direction and I'm, I'm living proof that when you step in and get involved, we can bring about change. And I know that that God placed us here at this moment for a reason, just as he put our, our founding fathers, uh, you know, 147 years ago, exactly where they needed to be. We're at a moment as critical as where we were back in 1776. And I know that the good people of New Hampshire, uh, whose state motto is live free or die, are willing to fight for this country, get involved, and make sure this next year— We do everything humanly possible to help save this great republic. I know I'm going to do it, and I can count on the people of New Hampshire as well. Amen. Absolutely. Carrie Lake, we will see you tomorrow up here in the Live Free or Die States. Thank you so much. Safe travels. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And by the way, tickets are still available for her events tomorrow. That's the New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women Breakfast in Portsmouth. And then, like she said, she'll be over in Manchester later in the day. You can go to the Hillsborough County GOP's website to buy your tickets. I will be there alongside Carrie Lake, and it's going to be a great day. 844-500-4242. I'm Caroline Levitt. This is The Grace Curley Show. Stay with us. So Carrie's actually coming from Arizona, New Hampshire. That's going to be a big temperature yeah. change. That's why uh, I warned her. For her. <laughs> but you know what? If you don't want to worry about the cold, you need the Gen 40 heater from our friends at Eden Pure. The Gen 40's combination of infrared heat and convective heat work together to create a roaring fireplace type of heat that takes all the sting out of these raw New England winters. I like the Gen 40. It's sleek and stylish. It's just got a really nice kind of mid-century look. It's got some wood paneling looking stuff in the black. It's 
it actually a lot of the Eden Pure products have a great design that way. They don't don't really stick out. It doesn't look like you have a jet engine uh, glowing in the middle of the room or anything like that. It's actually really sleek, really stylish. It almost looks like a piece of furniture, which is great that you can kind of have that uninterrupted flow of your house and you can stay warm at the same time. It really does look great in any setting. And now with Christmas around the corner, the price of everything, gifts, gas, groceries, you name it, it all adds up fast. But Eden Pure is helping reduce your bills because this week they are offering $50 off with code GRACE. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater. The savings is already off their low sale price and while other companies are cranking up their shipping prices around the holiday season, Eden Pure is giving you free shipping as an added bonus. Don't waste money heating up parts of your house that you don't use. Get the Gen 40 heater and this week you get free shipping and you save $50 with code GRACE50. Go to edenpuredeals.com. That's edenpuredeals.com and use code GRACE50 to get your Gen 40 heater. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. Welcome back to the Grace Curly Show. I'm Caroline Levitt, 844. 844- 542-42. Still have so much news left to cover today. Yesterday was a really crazy day on Capitol Hill. Uh, Elise Stefanik had some bombshell testimony. We'll get into it in the next hour with the presidents of Harvard and UPenn and MIT over the conflict in Hamas and Israel. Apparently it is like pulling teeth to get these college presidents to say the obvious. Uh, we'll div- dive into that. And Christopher Ray was on Capitol Hill testifying yesterday about the increased threat assessment in the United States. Uh, Carrie Lake and Matt Gates in this last hour both talking about how there we the illegal invasion that we've seen uh, across this country because of Biden's open border policies. But here's Mayorkas uh, on CNN this morning just rejecting this and saying that there's no violence with the Democrats policies. Nope. The violence is with our Republican policies to build the wall and secure the border. Cut 15. Mr. Secretary, to the point of needing Congress to act, what Senate Republicans are pushing for really right now is very similar to H.R. 2, which passed the House to secure the border act. And just to name a couple of things in it, you know, restart construction on the border wall, increase the number of border patrol agents, limit asylum, narrow the president's parole powers. Why is that unpalatable to the administration? I would say two things. One, we've presented um, uh, proposals uh, that address the situation, that provide real practical solutions, and also uh, do not do violence to our fundamental values. We are a country of refuge. We do have asylum laws. We do have mm-hmm. refugee laws. We, um, we abide by our international obligations that are longstanding. And so that is my response to that. Some of the uh, proposals 
are, are reasonable and worthy of discussion. Others okay. are frankly the, not. Violence to our fundamental values. Securing the border is is violent to the fundamental values. And by the way, Mayorkas, these people aren't seeking refuge, and you're smart enough to know that. Here's two African illegals saying it themselves. They're not coming here because they're fleeing persecution. They want our jobs. Real quick, Jared, cut 13. I love you, Joe Biden. Thank you for everything, Joe Biden. I'm a good person. I want to be a good person here in the United States. I came here because I want quality life. You know, America is a, lot, is a land of opportunity. They want opportunity and equality at life while our citizens suffer. Screw you, Mayorkas. We'll be right back.